In the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. In the book, The Fellowship of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien tells us, not all who wander are lost. This phrase has stuck with me this week as I have studied and prayed and mulled over the readings that we have today. Both the Old Testament and the Gospel readings are set in the wilderness. The Israelites we know wandered for 40 years toward the Promised Land. And Jesus, well, the text doesn't tell us what he did for the 40 days in the wilderness. But in the tradition of Midrash, which is filling in the story that the text doesn't tell us, I like to think that Jesus might have been doing a bit of wandering himself. Maybe even wandering where the very Israelites themselves had walked. Now don't be fooled, wandering is not easy. It is not for the faint of heart. You look at the Israelites, and as they wandered, they are constantly tempted by their own humanity. They whine about the food they get. They whine about the water they're getting. While Moses is up getting the holy commandments from God, they're down below putting all their jewelry together so they can have a really nice golden ox, calf, excuse me. It is really hard for them to get themselves out of their way. But Moses, faithful Moses, with some coaching with God, Moses works really hard to keep them focused on God, on moving forward, even though they don't have a road map. They don't know who they will meet or what will happen to them along the way. And as they wander, Moses continually has to remind them not only do you have each other, but we have this God to guide us. We have this relationship with the Almighty. And as the Israelites wander, it is true, they are never lost, for God is with them all along. Specific to today's reading, the Israelites, the part that we get today, they are at the end of their holy wandering. They literally can see the promised land right across the river, the very river that Jesus is going to be baptized in. They see it. And Moses, Moses has gotten the second set of commandments because the first ones kind of broke when he saw the golden calf. So he has the second set of commandments and is giving them this long, detailed explanation of how when they get there, they are going to live a God-centered life. Moses tells them how they are going to live in a way that puts God first. How they are going to live in a way that shows how they can care for one another first. How they can live in a way that respects your neighbor first. How they can live in a way in which they are in relationship with God and one another. So the portion that we get out of all of these instructions, no, seriously, it goes on for like 16 chapters. And there's some good stuff in there. If your kid is misbehaving, I think you should definitely look up what Deuteronomy says that you should do. 
But after all of these instructions, we're at the end of them, like literally, like the people are like, Moses, are you ever going to stop? And he says, it's so important. It says, honor God first. Take what you have, the first fruits of your labor, and give them to God. Because you are to give thanks to God for your deliverance out of Egypt. And you aren't just to give your first fruits to God. You go and you offer that, and then you are to celebrate God's goodness, not with your family, but with everybody, including the outsiders, the aliens, the foreigners, or the Levites. I guess they got their own special category. But you are to celebrate with everyone. Everyone is welcome. The Israelites are called to celebrate not being lost. They are called to celebrate God's presence in their life. And then we look at the gospel and the Holy Spirit drives Jesus out into the wilderness for 40 days. As I like to think, perhaps Jesus wandered. And even if he sat in one spot while Satan was testing him and tempting him, Jesus is not lost. If anything, I think during those 40 days, Jesus gets clarity about who he is and how he's to use this power of God that is within him. And we read how at the end of those 40 days, the devil, or Satan, there are a few other ones, but we'll go with those right now, but how Satan comes and he challenges Jesus and he says, Use your power for personal gain. Use your power to turn this stone into a loaf of bread, for you are famished. And Jesus says, not today. And in fact, we'll see later, Jesus uses that exact power to feed others, not himself. And next, Satan offers Jesus power and authority over all the kingdoms of the world if Jesus will just turn from God and follow the devil. And Jesus again says, not today. And instead, in his ministry, Jesus gathers all power and authority over the world, not for himself, but so that we might care for one another. And then, and then the devil takes him up to the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem and says, throw yourself off. Show me you have power over death for God's angels will come and swoop in. And Jesus says, not today, because he knows that he will give his life not for a party trick to Satan, but for us. Jesus knows he is here to serve others, to respect others, to care for others, to build relationship, especially with the outcast, and to be the Prince of Peace. Jesus isn't tempted by his humanity like the Israelites because he has God solidly at his center. And in a fashion similar to the Israelites with our own humanity before us, I think that we have been forced into a wilderness. 
We've been forced to wander these past two years as we navigate our way through a global pandemic. And like the Israelites, we've had some rough moments when our own humanity has tested us. We've been tested by racism. We've been tested by mask wearing. We've been tested by languishing. We've been tested by opposing political parties. We've been tested as having life as we have known it our entire life turned upside down. And just when we think we are coming out of it, just when we can gather in church, some of us who are comfortable with our masks off, it seems as if there is no end to our testing. There is no end to our wandering in the wilderness because all you have to do is turn on the television and hear how severe drought is on our horizon in California. Or that we have the possibility of world war knocking at our door. I fear the wilderness will continue. Our wandering perhaps is not going to end like we hoped it would. But unlike the Israelites, we have Jesus. We have Jesus to help us navigate as we keep God as our center. Jesus' witness in his interaction with the devil shows us how you and I, how we can act when we are tempted by that which tempts us in our own humanity. I want every one of you to take your bulletin home today. Do not put it in the recycling bin. I hope they are empty when I walk out of here. And I want you to reread the great litany that lists our humanity for us to see our shortcomings, what speaks to you, where is your struggle. For me, in the news this week, I was stuck, struck by how we ask God to deliver us from all evil and mischief, pride, vanity, hypocrisy, envy, hatred, malice, and from all evil intent. Good Lord, deliver us. Keep Uh, Help us keep you at our center. Jesus held the weight of the brokenness of humanity and comes out of the wilderness and begins to heal and to teach and to build relationship. Every single thing that Jesus does points back to God the God who created him and who loves him. As we feel the weight of the brokenness of humanity when we are forced to wander in the wilderness, we do not wander as those who are lost. We stay centered in God. We know that through God's love, we can build relationship of peace and of healing and of prayer. We can care for our neighbor, for those who do not have enough. We can remember to pray for peace. We can deny the temptation of being self-absorbed in our own lives. 
For when God is our center, we care for one another first. And if you're wondering how do we do that, I say look again at the gospel text that you are going to take home with you in your bulletin. And look at how Jesus responds to the devil. Jesus has God, I've never noticed this in all of the years of this story, Jesus has God so clearly at his center. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't get righteous. He's not like, I think it's the Housewives of Orange County. Isn't that the one? Right, and they're yelling at each other. He doesn't get in their face. There's no righteousness. There's no shame to the devil. There's no, I'm right and you're wrong. Rather, Jesus knows his truth. And Jesus calmly, when tempted, turns to Satan and announces his truth with authority. It's non-reactive response at its best. And Jesus responds to each test says what he has to say, and then leaves Satan to live, live his life on his own. You and I, with God as our center, as we wander our way out of the pandemic, no matter what is before us, as we wander these 40 days of Lent, we are called to stay centered on God for when we do, wherever we wander, we are not lost. We can live faithfully. Through the power of God's love working in us, we can bring ourselves into right relationship with one another. We can treat one another with dignity and respect, no matter our disagreement. And when our humanity tempts us otherwise, we can turn to God for support and for guidance. Our faith and our prayer and our care for one another, and most of all, our relationship with God makes clear our destination of a godly life. It is right there on the map that was made when we were created. For we are not lost. Amen.